three, two, and one. Hey, it's Looney. Welcome to the JT and Looney podcast. Episode 127. Powered by our friends at Believe and Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, even the next season's futures. I love the futures. And don't forget, Major League Baseball is back. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online will take your bet. It's super easy to get started if you're not already there at Bet Online. So easy to navigate their website or use your phone. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. If you're not there already at Bet Online, you get a 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How about that, Mr. Fung? Bet Online, where the game starts. And now the podcast starts, damn it. All I have to do is push these buttons, and hopefully JT will be there. Hey. Hola, que tal? I can't believe Florida would mess with Disney. Well, I mean, oh. Disney used to be the happiest place on earth where wow. children would just walk around and get on rides and eat cotton candy. Now it's been politicized. I know. Oh it's God. about politics. And, you know, we My- live in a world of angry politicians, people divided. I don't know if you didn't get the memo, but this whole country <laughs> no. has never been more divided. I just watched Ben Franklin, the Ken Burns mm-hmm. documentary, and I even think we're more divided then we when we were the colonies uh, going back to King George and what was happening in England. We're, who would have thought we'd be more divided today than the mid-1700s before our revolution? Yeah, it's an, and it's, it's an interesting conversation. I just did the tax usually, especially with the Republican-led uh, government in, in Florida, it's all about taxes and the tax revenue and the money and the money that Disney World brings into Florida is unreal why would you ever want to mess with them this is which is why they let they left them alone all these years so it is you know, that, that's the ronald reagan republican principle or it used to be get government off the backs of the american people and leave people alone but now it's metal 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 on both sides with our lives well, i used to be a conservative republican now I'm just, as you call me well how do you title me low calorie republican okay, so low calorie <laughs> republican and i'm more liberal in the social setting right and i'm not as conservative as i was in the political setting back in the day because cable news has burnt me out yeah. Now that 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 now that that chapter is closing in my life and I'm watching less cable news, I find myself with more free time to work out, be in touch with friends, spend time walking my dog and not appointment TV for cable news and people yelling at me. And no matter what anybody's political persuasion is, don't get addicted to being outraged. It's an adrenaline rush that I think people get addicted to. And so they they reach out to their favorite streaming service or news organization that's going to upset them. And I think they get addicted to that type of adrenaline rush when there are far greater adrenaline rushes, as we know from sports and sober adrenaline rushes and, and uh, non-sober adrenaline rushes that are much better for you than getting addicted to anger. Well, speaking of streaming, Warner Brothers Discovery shut down CNN Plus Uh, As of today, making one of the company's first significant maneuvers. Did anybody really think that Chris Wallace moving to a streaming device from Fox or streaming more news and having more politically divided news on either side of the aisle? 
was going to be something that the masses wanted to stream or or, or pay for i'll pay a little right. extra for and, and yeah you're right and i think what happens is when those guys end up famous in cable news you know like being famous in radio you're only marginally famous in radio and you're only marginally famous in your cable news yes you might be the number one cable news anchor so to speak but you know spongebob squarepants is still getting higher ratings nickelodeon is you know it kicks ass when it comes to ratings so uh i i think they oh they over inflate their their ability to bring in the masses with the cable news people according to the new york post the shocking announcement that cnn plus would be shutting down operations less than a month after it's launched has left out of sight and out of work staffers aghast and furious quote this is effing crazy it's nuts cnn plus which one insider estimated the network spent 300 million launching in between 100 and 200 million advertising will cease streaming for good at the end of the month yeah and uh you know some some people some are too happy about this of course and i don't i don't think it's ever good to be happy that someone loses a job okay you may not like cnn but remember it's filled with people who don't necessarily have an agenda beyond feeding their family which is the same agenda most people have and it's what we all have in common our number one agenda is leaving you know paying and, and turning the lights on and, and putting food on our family as george w bush used to say and so we shouldn't ever get excited about people losing jobs especially in this business that we're in media yeah. entertainment at whatever level you're at and it's unfortunate look if you look at the the small ratings they have on the television side you can't expect the ratings or the streaming to be up on the digital side. That's a big deal here. But as you said, people shouldn't be celebrating. I've been glued to CNN since the war started. Again, yeah. I don't get my news from CNN, but I get my war coverage from them. Well, they're, 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 you don't get your news opinion from them, but I do know yes. they're, they're great when it comes to a, a, a war will break out or there'll be a hurricane. And there's Anderson Cooper in a T-shirt, depending on the weather or a winter coat, standing wherever the news is happening. And I think that that's what CNN does best. They were incre They are incredible with the war coverage because yep. they also make all their correspondents go. Yeah. You know, so they're always there. If they're back in the States and they're anchoring the war coverage, they're going to be there. Like Jake Tapper, who, again, I don't get my news from, but he was out there with an exclusive with Zelensky, the president of Ukraine there, because I don't think you could work there and say, oh, I don't want to go. I'll make right. someone else go. They make you go cover the war, which to me is very heroic because the way those missiles are raining or down. Or they hire people, JT, that want to go. Yeah. And, yeah, and the fact that you're not safe in any war environment, even if you're in a building, if you're in a presidential palace, if you're in a bunker, if you're in a building that they're trying to knock out. So I get people, we, we talked about this on a previous podcast. The war correspondents are the most important people in the history of media, the history of media, mm -hmm. because, you know, Walter Cronkite, who would who went to Vietnam back in the day, as you remember, but he would anchor. He would anchor at CBS Evening News in New York. And Peter Jennings was an incredible war correspondent. Yep. Peter Jennings from Canada gets a big job with ABC. And when there was a war, he would go there. And 
those individuals, they say goodbye to their families when they go on assignment. Like, really. And they get their, they get their life in order because they might not come back. Yeah, I told you I got a text from a friend of mine, Steve Futterman. Mm-hmm. And he was texting me to let me know that his son was dating the daughter of someone that I've gone to school with since kindergarten, someone I've been friends with since kindergarten. And I said, where are you texting me from? He said, Poland. He was on the Poland-Ukraine border making small talk with me via text about real-life things. But he's one of those great correspondents. People forget, you know, when people say don't believe fake news or the news media. You can believe those frontline guys, the page one guys, guys like Steve Futterman who go to the story and he's on the Polish-Ukraine border telling us what's happening on the Polish-Ukraine border. That's real. And when there's a newsman standing, a news media guy standing near a forest fire, the forest fire isn't fake news. That's a real forest. That's a real fire. That's a real war in Ukraine. I don't know what the fake news things comes from. You can you can you can poo poo opinionated so-called news, but the guys covering fires and floods, earthquakes and riots, and car accidents, and hit and run accidents and wars—they're real news people. That's real news. And again, when it comes to the news, the last you know two plus years we're dealing with COVID, the war in yeah. Ukraine. A lot of medical issues here in the country and the news the news is always negative i mean in theory news traditionally is negative when i watch the abc evening news with david muir right in the first few minutes they get to the weather and it's always someone dying in a weather related activity and there's a hurricane there's a snowstorm there's this and that but i think cnn when we were talking about cnn plus shutting down i wasn't going to frequent it but from time to time, you find great work digitally. You yeah. find work that young interns and young people in the business were going to put up there. They're going to put up there on the site, and it could be award-winning. And for that job to go away now, and for people on the other side of the aisle screaming, hey, we won, they're done, and the other side wanting to compete with their digital thing. Can you imagine if sports was like this? We're dealing with ESPN, Fox, Fox Sports 1, all the ESPN channels. We have friends who have big jobs at CBS HQ, CBS Sports Network, NBC, NBC Sports Network. Can you imagine if everybody, and maybe this is the case, but I don't think so, if everybody rooted as bad as they root in politics for everyone to fail, as bad as Fox wants MSNBC and CNN to fail, and as much as they are in the head and they want Fox to fail, these are people that are in the same industry, and a lot of them are rooting against each other at the executive level. I don't think it's down at the journalist level. I think they just... No, we used to talk about that all the time. There was three major radio sports networks, Fox Sports Radio, ESPN, and Yahoo, which was also one-on-one over the years. It had different names, Sporting News Network. And it was always rumored for, you know, remember, 20 years. Now it's, it's going to be 22 years now that... Uh, that sporting news one-on-one was going to go out of business. And we, you and I used to remind the young people, don't cheer for that. That's another job outlet. You don't want that. And it still hasn't gone out of business, but we, you want that going out of business. You don't want any, any streaming services. If you're in the broadcast industry, you know, no matter what your uh, political opinion is or whether you don't like a host on that network, you don't want a whole network or company of any kind going out of business. Those are, Kind human beings who have diapers to buy and people to feed. Mike Tyson pummeled the passenger 
on a JetBlue flight. He's been doing um, so well. Yeah, video of the former heavyweight champion pummeling a fellow passenger on a plane went viral. Earlier on Thursday, of course, TMZ has the video of it. The incident taking place on a Wednesday night JetBlue flight from San Francisco to Florida, which is about as far as you can travel. <laughs> my, right. wife, my wife just took a JetBlue flight from Vegas to Florida. She could have been on this flight, but from San Francisco to Florida, there's tension already. Well, the mask coming down is a good thing, but this fan who was sitting behind Tyson, and the video is really cool. The fan is sitting behind Tyson, and he's harassing him. Oh, look, and he's looking at his buddy in the other aisle, and usually when you're right behind someone, a celebrity, you don't continue to talk to them and continue to talk to them. Tyson came over the top of the chair and just threw haymakers at this young man. His face is cut up, and, you know, it, it, you got to see the video again, which we don't have on this platform here, but Mike Tyson had air rage. Not road rage, air rage. Air rage. This guy wouldn't leave him alone, but Tyson's at fault. The guy was just being a pain in the ass, a complete asshole. But Mike Tyson's not allowed to do that because he's Mike Tyson. Well, right. As a matter of fact, nobody's allowed to do that. We would like to do that from time to time on airplanes. People get uptight on airplanes, and I'm not, I can be guilty of it as well, although you and I have always tried to explain to everybody we're flying on a tube through the sky this is really a romantic wonderful thing that's happening where if we had, if we took a horse or a car from san francisco to florida how long would that take but instead we get we're so spoiled we get to hop on this fly, fly on this tube through the sky and we want to whine about whether or not they're going to serve us wine or make us wear a mask Please, I'll wear a spacesuit. I have a, I have attention span issues. I have patience issues. I want to get wherever I'm going in three or four hours, not three or four days. I love this quote on TMZ. Tyson had enough of the man talking in his ear behind him, and Tyson told him to chill. When the guy didn't, that's when the witness said Tyson started to throw several punches at the man's face. The man reportedly received medical attention and went to police after the incident. It's been 17 years since Iron Mike's last professional boxing match. I don't do this often, but I'd like to remind people that Mike Tyson was convicted for rape. Yeah. He wasn't accused of rape. He was convicted of rape and did hard time in jail. And he's one of the few people that I've ever heard of in the history of any society that has people come up to him and take selfies as he went to jail for a felony. But this country has a fascination with Mike Tyson. They love Mike Tyson. I saw his one-man show as a member of the media. It was really good Terrific. when he did it in Vegas. And he keeps his brand out there. But Tyson's going to spend a lot, pay a lot of money on this because this is a civil lawsuit just waiting to happen. And it's interesting because when we were younger and it was terrible, people were always predicting an early death for Mike Tyson, which I always thought was an incredibly... That's bad karma, but people would do it constantly. Remember when he was his 20s and his 30s and people would say awful things and talk about how he's going to die young and they were all wrong as conspiracy theory people are. They'll just pivot, of course. But uh, and he seemed to find the right meds, if I may guess, and uh, kept exercising, dieting and eating right, kept him as it does for a lot of people, kept his moods, uh, his mood swings uh, out of reach. and. I guess not this time. And, and and people do harass. You know, we, we love famous people. That's one of the reasons why when you talk about his arrest record versus his popularity, there is an inoculation when it comes to fame. 
of your past transgressions because people love famous people. We've watched that in Vegas so many times. And how many fights did we go to over the oh, years? Wow. I, th I think I've got at least 50 credentials in the house. And any time, and Mike Tyson was probably there 40 of those times. Who got the loudest ovation anytime they would introduce? It was almost always Mike Tyson and Sylvester Stallone. And then there was everybody else. So he does have a lot of goodwill and he's, uh, I'm, I'm, and he hasn't been in trouble in a long time. It's surprising to see. And I want to see how this Johnny Depp trial turns out and lawsuit. But first, I want to remind our listener, JT, about our great co-sponsor, Credit Karma. Are you planning ahead for a big expense? Don't put those car repairs or medical bills or a high-interest card. Credit Karma can help you lock in a low-interest personal loan that could save you money while you pay off your purchase. Ready to apply? Okay, do it. Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see all their personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers and find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma. Apply with more confidence today or tomorrow or in 32 minutes when the podcast is over. How about that? I'm fascinated by the lawsuit between Johnny Depp. He filed a defamation <laughs> lawsuit against his ex-wife, Amber. Wow. Her, the case is at trial. And what I find amazing is a couple of things here. This is the classic example of two people who loved each other. Right. And then the relationship got violent. They met on the set of The Rum Diary in 2009, married in 2015, and went on to be involved with one of the biggest splits and divorces because Johnny Depp at that time had a ton of money. Right. And he, he went through his money. Maybe Nicolas Cage the other night was on Jimmy Kimmel, which was phenomenal. And I've never seen a guy go through money like Johnny Depp. And he's a good musician. I saw him with the Hollywood Vampires with Alice Cooper. He's a damn good guitar player and very talented. But these two had this really violent, sexually violent relationship. He said, she said, all of this going back. But... You know what fascinates me the most, Tom, is how Johnny Depp can't talk. When he was on 21 Jump Street, he could talk. When he's in movies, he can talk. But under trial, he mumbles like Sean Penn, who can play Harvey Milk in a right. movie and win an Academy Award and others. And all of a sudden, he can't talk, and he mumbles here in private. So I've been glued to this case here. I don't care how it ends. I don't care at all about this couple. It's like my fascination with the Kardashians. I don't care about them. I just look at the train wreck. But... Johnny Depp, if you can go back in the hot tub time machine and get his money back, he'd be one of the richest American actors forever. And now he's borderline broke because of his relationships, bad business decisions. And now I'm watching him on trial every day. And make good decisions when it comes to relationships. And I'm not necessarily even talking about picking the right partner. That You can blow that, of course. But you do have control over your own behavior. And I've, we talked about it last week, and we've talked about it who knows how many times in all the years that we've talked into microphones together, which is uh, pushing towards 20. And it would be that there's no fine line between love and hate. They are antonyms. You know my mantra. They are antonyms. The fine line between love and hate, whoever said that the first time that there was a fine line was justifying bad behavior. Yeah, don't forget why you fell in love. Don't forget why you loved that person and why you got married or cohabitated for many years. And when it, when the breakup seems to be happening, don't justify bad behavior with that line. Be good to each other. Be a good breaker upper.
That was a that was a Larry David line from Seinfeld, but nevertheless, it was an important one. Be a good breaker upper, not a bad breaker upper. Well, and married. This is an example of people can get married for all the right reasons, be yeah. in love with each other, and then get violent, and their relationship affects everybody to the point where you have to testify under oath. It's about your husband or wife. Yeah. You, know, you can't break up and just go on. It's got to get to that point. And you were riveted by that performance on the stand, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how good was he? I, I saw some of, but 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 in, 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 well, you and know, review the movie. It's, it's, he's an actor, so mm-hmm. as he's trying to describe how violent she was and what she was all about. I just couldn't tell if he's acting or not because yeah. the change in his voice and the way he talks now. He's just such a bizarre guy for a guy who's been super talented. Well, and I as we it. found out, I love Johnny Depp's movies over the years. He's he's terrific, and 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 this, as we found out through Will Smith, you know, over these are these are drama queens and drama kings. And so when things get dramatic, you know, that's that's their wheelhouse. And sometimes they get overly dramatic, as he may be in court and as Will was at the Academy Awards. Well, Depp's fighting for his career and life here because he's been accused of domestic abuse in 2016. And when she appeared in court with a battered face and obtained a temporary restraining order against him in 2016, this just took off and... Depp suit, he's he's suing about the allegations left, uh, financial losses for him, including being dropped from future Pirates of the Caribbean movies after he led the franchise for 15 years. Right. They gave him boatloads of cash for just pl- playing that role. You can understand why he's suing to clear his name. I just don't know who's lying or not. Yeah, and he talked about being on top of the world and then feeling like Quasimodo as everybody dropped him. But if you know, if somebody you love shows up in court with bruises on their face, yeah, that'll hurt your career. Newsflash. I'm so disgusted now. I wasn't disgusted when I started watching Winning Time because I wanted to see a show about the Lakers. And oh, I, I love it. I, I can't I get Jeff enough Perlman. Winning Time. Jeff Perlman, who wrote the book, he'd been a frequent guest over the years. He's wrote really good books. And then the portrayal of Jerry West really bothered me because Jerry West is the logo, 75-year anniversary. He's one of the all-time greats. For a guy who lost a lot of big games, couldn't beat Mm -hmm. the Celtics, got one championship, and he's a guy who should have probably six or seven. But he went up against better teams, kind of like LeBron and other guys who don't win every year. And then the way Andy McKay, Adam McKay portrayed him basically is a lunatic and i'm sure he's had his bad moments and probably broke a golf club on a golf course maybe but jerry west and kareem and everybody said we've had enough now we've had enough you're gone too far and this is something i wanted to debate and talk about with you on the podcast because you just can't do this to human beings you can't put out something and want to put it on hbo max and make it big and promote it and have a movie studio and a famous oscar guy academy award guy behind it and do that to someone i think it's over the line and i'm pulling for jerry west in this lawsuit i you can't pull for jerry west in the lawsuit especially if just because truth comes up against the legends and the legendary stories it doesn't mean that it's not true. Just because the truth upsets people, how many years on the radio is I saying exactly what Winning Time is saying? That he was uh, he was the guy who didn't want to draft Magic Johnson, yet he's been called the architect of the Showtime Lakers. And they're just trying to point out here in the first season, that's not going to have a second season of Winning Time, that 
that he was not the architect of the Showtime Lakers and he quit on the team and he didn't want to draft Magic Johnson. And he swears a lot. What's wrong with that? Well, you're right about Magic Johnson and wanting Sidney Moncrief and all that, but the scenes when he's in the room with women or his wife, and there was no one in the room. Jeff Perlman wasn't in the room in the book, and Adam McKay wasn't in that room. And you make him out to be a raving lunatic next to a woman. You make him out to be a raving lunatic. I don't like the way they treated Chick Kern as he talked down to Pat Riley, the former player, and oh. you know, kind of treated Pat Riley in the beginning about giving him a shot. It's a lot of poetic license. I just think they went a little bit too far. They're opinion. being kind to Chick Hearn. Chick Hearn was another legend that we'd not dare you know, speak ill of. But in time, it was sort of, as well as a lot of stories, boy, real, true ones, but it didn't fit the legend. So, and if you told true Tommy Lasorda stories into a microphone in Los Angeles, you'd get fired because it didn't fit in with the legend. You'd get fired. And the Chick Hearn stories, too. Oh, my God, the Chick Hearn story. Chick Hearn used to host bowling for dollars. And when a white contestant would come up, he'd say, hey, John, where do you work? And when a black contestant would come up, he'd say, do you work? Chick Hearn was a hard-drinking guy, an old-school guy who accidentally, you know, spouted racist things now and then, and not even necessarily that he was in his soul a racist. How are we supposed to know? We can't see into people's souls. But God, do people, including Stu, have stories about what a nightmare it was working with Chick. And I don't, I don't even necessarily think, you know, it hurts a lot of people who adored Chick Hearn that he's being portrayed probably how he was and it hurts a lot of people including jerry west that he's not being you know people who are famous get so used to having a red carpet rolled out and being described even with bullshit like jerry west how many years did he go to banquets and speak at banquets and he was introduced as the architect of the showtime lakers and he never corrected the record and so, well, Bill Sharma was really the general manager then. Actually, well, the funny story is I didn't want to draft Magic Johnson. Has it ever come out of his mouth? It's true. It, it, those things are true, but it's never come out of his mouth. And if he would have corrected the record over the years, then then maybe this winning time wouldn't have to correct the record and then upset people with the truth. What's your email address? Ha, ha, ha. Looney on Fox at gmail.com. You know, the chick, there's going to be some email on your, on your comments on chick. I did not want that to be associated with me. Those are legendary stories and true, but, uh, you know, a lot of times the true stories need not be told because it doesn't fit in with the legend. And as you know, part of my legend is I move my body every day. I don't take multivitamins unless they are athletic grains because I believe in athletic grains. One delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and it's just so good for you, a special blend of ingredients that helps support gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, anti-aging, and you know I'm obsessed with aging. I hate it! But athletic grains helps with anti-aging, and I am definitely anti-aging. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support and vitamin D and free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, as in the Believe Radio Network, athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. I want to congratulate me, who seems to be the only guy in sports media that reminds everybody the reason why the Nets, Brooklyn Nets, as we record this podcast, are down 0-2. Kevin Durant had the worst game of his entire career. Listen to this, second half, 0-10, for four turnovers. Hadn't done that ever, including a regular season game and a postseason game, but... I blame this all on Kyrie because of COVID and his inability to get vaccinated. And before people go nuts, let me remind you, if he would have got vaccinated like four-year-old little girls did in nursery schools and 91-year-old grandparents did, and if he would have got vaccinated, they wouldn't have been a seven seed playing in the play-in tournament. But no one wants to bring up that fact. They want to bring up the fact that he's down 0-2 and he didn't play well in the second game. They lost game one and he scored 39. No, 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 no. The point was he wasn't available all year to play basketball at home games in Brooklyn. So by not being available, he had to play in the play-in tournament. And the reward of coming out of the play-in tournament and surviving is you get to play a high seed, which is Boston on the road with a great defense. Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. Guys like Al Horford. And now they're in trouble. I don't think they're going to get out of this round. So I completely Blame Kyrie, who was also fine, Tom, $50,000 for flipping off the fans in Boston. So you got to blame him for that. You got to blame him for the bad performance, and he's the only guy that can dig out of this hole for the Nets with KD. Well, here's a news flash: Basketball is a team sport, and in order to succeed, you need to be a team player. In order for us to get out of the COVID nightmare, we as Americans had to be team players, and about 75% of us were team players and got our vaccines. He wasn't a team player with the country. He's from uh, Australia anyway, but he wasn't a team player with his new country, and he wasn't a team player with the Nets, didn't get his vaccine. It would have been nice if he would have been a team player. He believes in a flat earth, and this is the guy that KD wanted to be teammates with before COVID. Oh, I want to go with the flat earther when, when he's got decent, kind team players in Golden State that he could have stayed with. Uh, yeah, it's, you can't just blame it all on Kyrie Irving. You can blame, yeah, there's some blame to go around, and that would be with KD who chose to go to Brooklyn and play with the flat earther. And, and KD so far has been overmatched because he's playing a great defensive team. We see this in football. Oh, and Boston's been so good all year. This yeah, is the we, same Boston team that's been playing like this all year. Well, we see it in football when you got a great quarterback. Good example is Aaron Rodgers went up against the 49er defense in the playoffs at home right off a of bye week, and he couldn't move the ball, and they couldn't win because he went up against a great defense that played a great game. Kevin Durant's going up against a very – fundamentally sound defense in Boston and those guys who play defense such as Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, whoever they have, they can score and play defense. Something that Kobe could do, Jordan could do. It's very tough, Tom, to find a two-way player. Oh, God, One who yeah. can do it's exhausting ball. in but basketball. James Harden's the perfect example. He can't yeah. play defense a right. lick, but he can score, and Boston's got those players. But I keep reminding everybody about Kyrie – I want to be careful because he's not a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad person, but I, I don't think he's sharp, which is another way of saying I think he's dumb. I don't think he's sharp. I don't think he can explain himself. 
I don't think he, he didn't get vaccinated. He can't defend why he didn't get vaccinated. I had a caller on my show say, well, because he's Muslim. and he didn't. No, no. He never made it clear that he wasn't getting vaccinated for religious purposes. He can't explain anything about issues surrounding the earth, dinosaurs. You actually expect Kyrie Irving to explain something that high-end scientists and people who study epidemiology are having a difficult time? kind of telling us about because it's so complex and everybody thinks Kyrie Irving is going to explain why he's not vaccinating. If they lose, if they lose, and I think they will, if they lose, you can blame all of it on Kyrie Irving because he played as that seed. And if he didn't play in that seed, if they were the two seed, three seed, four seed, they would have easily advanced in the first round, probably the second, and be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. How loud is it in that Boston Garden? Uh, and how it's everything that winning time says it is, right? <laughs> Remember how winning time talked about how the ball will bounce the wrong way and you hear leprechauns' voices when you play in Boston? Did you hear that crowd uh, in Boston cheering on that team with every three-pointer and every two-pointer and every ball stolen? God, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to play if you're in a green jersey. Absolutely. It's a place to play where the home court advantage means something because the fans. And I'll wrap it up with this on Brooklyn. So 25 years doing sports radio, and I'm still one of those old school guys, and I'll never change. I I do a show every night, and I count on interaction. Mm -hmm. So if a lot of people or a fan base don't call in, I take plenty of calls. I actually have taken more calls than anyone in sports radio history. The acclaimed Alan Eisenstock, the author, wrote the book on Elgin Baylor. He's got a new book coming out on Steph Curry's mom. He's got an, a movie he's doing with Cedric the Entertainer. He's a really renowned author. Author, And he told me, he goes, I don't know anybody who's ever talked to more people than you because of the length of time I've been on the radio. Right. And I preface this by saying this, is that it's Thursday night of this week, and I can't get a phone call from a Brooklyn Net fan. And you know this fascinates me because I don't right. know who they are. And they really, I can't figure it out, and it's bothering me because they were the New Jersey Nets. Mm. Early on, they were in Long Island when I was a kid and saw Dr. J, the New York Nets. The Knicks play in Madison Square Garden. All the fans in Brooklyn before the Nets came, they were Knicks fans. And a lot of Knicks fans are loyal, so they're not going to switch. And then the Nets never had a, ma- a national following, very similar to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I'll tie this up. The Clippers don't have fans anywhere outside of L.A., and they don't have many there. And I'm, I'm getting into this Kyrie topic, and Durant was a no-show. And I am just destru- eviscerating this team on the radio. And I'm saying, who are you fans? Call me. And not one. No. I don't. I'm, I got to figure it out. It's like a problem. I got to go into a lab. Can you help me? Who are these fans? They don't have a DNA. They don't love the team. I don't know how they sell seats. That would be the same as if you screamed in that microphone. I want to hear from Angels fans. There are certain fan bases, the Nets, not many, fortunately for sports and for these cities, the Nets, the Angels, and the Clippers. The Clippers was a good analogy where if you, you know, if you're on a camel and you're looking at the pyramids, you might see somebody with a Yankee hat or a Laker jersey or a Bulls jersey. You're not going to see anybody with anything that says Nets 
Angels or Clippers. Now, some of the when the Brooklyn Nets were new, you'd see some of the because who, who was it? Jay Z that designed it, so, the design the new Brooklyn Nets logo. So you might see some of those for fashion statements, but you won't see any Angels or Clippers if you're in the pyramids from Oaxaca to Egypt. And there, so there are certain fan bases that suffer because they don't have fan bases, and that's one of them. That's your answer right there. Yeah, I, I, just wish, I just wish that fan base would have some passion and a spine and the ability to step up and say, oh, my God, we're not going to go down. We're going to come. We didn't lose. Remember, you never lose a series until you come home and lose a game, right? Right. They're down 0-2, they get two games at home. I just don't sense that, and I like that part of sports radio. I like sensing when the Packer fans are in trouble, they step up. When the Raider fans are in trouble, they step mm-hmm. up. And the Brooklyn Nets have Kyrie Irving. James Harden quit on them. The Brooklyn Nets traded for Ben Simmons, who they can't even get on the court. They can't get on the court and get anything done. So it's just wild, wild. And another thing about the Brooklyn Nets, too, you know, all the people and in Brooklyn in general, the people who are upset about the Dodgers moving from Brooklyn to Los Angeles are all dead. You know, so the, so the people who are upset about Brooklyn not having its own sports franchise uh, if they're still alive, they're 95. So the people who st- who were aching for another sports franchise to be based in Brooklyn uh, didn't exist, really. And so I don't even know if it was a smart move to put them in Brooklyn. I'd like to dedicate this podcast to a friend of mine who passed away today, Raider legend Daryl LaMonica. Wow. Mad bomber Daryl LaMonica. I was about to go on the radio today, and I got the call. And I found out that he passed away. He was a two-time AFL MVP, a three-time AFL champion, and 164 touchdowns and 19,154 yards in an era where they didn't throw it a lot. Right. And his nickname is one of the greatest in sports history. Isn't the it? Mad Bomber. And his passes to Fred Bolitnikoff, Warren Wells, Mike Ciani, all the players, the legends that he played for. You want to talk about a bridge guy, a guy – the caller summed it up beautifully. He was better in a certain amount of time than Joe Namath and Len Dawson were in the same era. He, he was he was sandwiched around them winning MVPs. Namath won Super Bowl three. Len Dawson won Super Bowl four. LaMonica lost Super Bowl two to Vince Lombardi. I repeat, Vince Lombardi, who went back to back. What would we be saying about Daryl LaMonica if he won one Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. He's one of the great minds and names in NFL history, AFL history, and he was a friend. He always remembered my name. He'd see me on the sidelines. I'd introduce him at the Commitment to Excellence Awards. 80 years old, reportedly fished the day before, uh, died peacefully in his sleep, and a guy we lost at the age of 80. I got a dad who's 83, and my dad's healthy, and Daryl LaMonica – passed away today it hit me really really hard the mad bomber rest in peace it wasn't a stranger when you got the news he wasn't a famous guy who wore a jersey uh that's not how you knew him and one thing that's amazing too that john madden came along and john madden and he could have started on any other of the other nfl teams at the time late 60s early 70s and john madden and Al Davis gave John Madden the green light. He wanted to start Kenny Stabler and use LaMonica as the backup because Kenny could throw darts. It was more accurate with the short throws. And, boy, it went against you know, Al Davis. Loved the bombs. 
but he let the coach coach and the legend of Ken Stabler was born because also LaMonica was willing to take that backup role. Well, they had three quarterbacks at that time and the trade wow. for LaMonica from Buffalo sent Tom Flores. So you think of Tom Flores wow. going to Buffalo, Daryl LaMonica, and then the quarterbacks for the Raiders were George Blanda, Hall of Famer, Daryl LaMonica, who could be a Hall of Famer, and Kenny Stabler, who's in the Hall of Fame. And LaMonica might have been as good as all of them, if not better. He had a talent. He went to Notre Dame. Your brother went to Notre Dame. Uh, he was a legend at Notre Dame. So got the news today. Did a radio show probably 15 minutes after I got the news. Played an old interview of him, and it was fresh in my headset. And shed a tear, and just another gentleman. I wish I had time to say goodbye to him. Wasn't it fascinating that in the 70s, and, you know, they probably had to do it for the paycheck, I'm guessing. The legendary quarterbacks of the 70s, who we were told were great, but they were backups. Johnny Unitas was a backup, and Daryl LaMonica was a backup. Sonny Jurgensen was a backup in Washington. All those legends, as we were starting to watch uh, football ourselves, JT, none of them were starting. Isn't that fascinating how legends would eventually you know, take the role as a backup quarterback? That ended at some point. That kind of fizzled out. We very seldom had legends and great quarterbacks take the backup role. Uh, and for, for you know for several years and just sit there on the sidelines and wave at the camera once per quarter uh but th that's what it used to happen to johnny unitas and daryl lamonica and sonny jurgensen in the 70s they kept collecting the paycheck but they didn't play rest in peace to the mad bomber oh thank you jerry and mike for listening to all 41 minutes and 22 seconds of the jt and looney podcast powered by our friends at bet online Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.